Welcome to the weekly Retail Politics Podcast, where we bring you one download at a time. The best political information about your nation. I'm your host, Jerry Shields, and this week there is only one thing to talk about in our political world, and that is the rampage that happened in our nation's Capitol building last week. Joining me again today is Pete Leffler, a longtime former Washington correspondent and political editor for the Morning Call newspaper in Allentown, Pennsylvania, who spent many days reporting on events in that iconic building. Thanks for coming back, Pete. No problem. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Well, that was uh, pretty horrifying. Um, We had you on our first podcast, Labor Day, and you pretty much predicted the outcome of the election, the role Pennsylvania would play, the charges of election fraud that will follow, and you expressed very grave concerns that President Trump would not participate in a peaceful transition of power and that there would be a high potential for blood in the streets. What were your thoughts as you were watching this happening? And I was, I was uh, beyond shocked, like everybody else was. I mean, I, I was uh, driving. My daughter called and said, "You know, get to a TV." So I came home and turned it on and spent like probably much of the nation as many hours in front of the TV as as they could. You know, um, you know, I worked in the building, uh, or at least gone in the building probably almost every day for 10 years. And uh, it, it seems impregnable, especially since 9-11. It's really tightened up. So to see that happen, it was, it was mind-bending, to say the least. Well, I spent 10 years covering Congress, and uh, I had a, a desk in the Senate press gallery. And I can remember walking up the steps of the West Wing every morning and looking up at that dome and looking at the Statue of Freedom on top of it and the American flags whipping in the wing in the wind. And, um, you know, I never, it never got old for me. I was just always felt so privileged to be working in that building. And when I looked at that dome, I mean, that dome is the symbol of not only American democracy, but world democracy. I mean, when people see that dome, they know that that is America. That is the symbol of American democracy. How does this rank in the history of our nation in your mind? In, in terms of the worst events, it's it's right up there. I mean, if you think about it in terms of the TV impact, I mean, it's like a 9-11 level impact um, for earlier generations. It's a, a Kennedy, you know, assassination, Dr. Martin Luther King assassination, although uh, fortunately those weren't shown live on TV like this was. Um, I mean, it's just... It, it's, you can't really put it. It's hard to put into words. I'm still processing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We had 911 World Trade Center attacks. We had Pearl Harbor. Uh, even the British, when they raided and burned the building in 1812, when they got into the Capitol, it was all outside forces. They were they were people. They were enemies. Um, this is from our own people, and that and that's the thing I think that is uh, really disturbing. Uh, Pennsylvania gave Trump the 20 electoral votes that he needed to win the presidency in 2016, as it did for Biden this time around. And you said something interesting when we talked uh, a while ago, that Trump tapped into voters who had been turned off by both parties. They kind of lost their way in this global economy. They were looking for a bomb thrower. Um, You know, whenever we've seen revolution ever in history, it's always been 
when the masses are fed up with the status quo, the rich are getting richer, the middle class is eroding, the poor are getting poorer and forgotten. Does Congress and the federal government and maybe the former presidential administrations, are they complicit in what happened here on um, on um, Wednesday? I guess in a sense, but you got to be really, you got to be careful. I mean, I think they're, um, those factors are certainly what has what uh, has driven Trump's still huge, um, well, as of the election, huge support nationwide. Like I said before, um, you know, I'm from, uh, I, I live in Pennsylvania. Uh, my home county is one of the counties um, that's, you know, really hard hit. In fact, one of the guys who died at the, in the Capitol uh, incursion is from Schuylkill County. So that's what, uh, that, that's the answer for the millions supporting Trump. But then but what happened in terms of going up to the Capitol, directly followed a rally um, and things Trump said, in my mind at least, over near the White House. And so um, you got to be careful not to uh, make paint too broad a brush in terms of explaining the attack on the Capitol. And, uh, you know, you keep your ear to the ground pretty well. And, um, you know, you were saying before that a lot of uh, some of your family members are pretty strong Republicans. And, you know, um, we've had a lot of exodus of uh, manufacturing jobs and people are now working a lot of retail jobs and people are kind of kind of, you know, upset. But what are they saying? What are you hearing from your Republican people? Are they as outraged as everybody else? Yeah, some uh, um, some obviously were shocked. I mean, they they you know because of what they've been uh, told um, that's it's not true, but it's been told again and again and again. They believe this election is being stolen, and so um, they're outraged about that. Um, and um, you know, I think they, but I but I don't think I think very few thought it would go from rally and raise your voice in opposition to. You know, break break into the U.S. Capitol and try to storm the gallery, the uh, you know both chambers to shut down the actual uh, uh, vote counting there. So um, some uh, broadly, and not so much my people you know, that I've talked to before, but just listen, watching TV, some uh, supporters uh, cut uh, bait right away and said, "Look, I did not sign up for this. This is this is this goes way beyond." Um, you know, protesting and having my voice heard. And does do you think this will douse that that very you know, violent division that we have? And you know, it's it's just been we we talked about the Hatfield McCoy electorate. Will this douse that? Will it be reduced because of this? Do you think? Maybe to some small extent. I I don't. But no, I don't think so. I I still think it's the country is still very very divided. I mean, there'll be uh, lots of continuing debate over what happened and who's to blame for this incident, but that's not going to, you know, make everybody um, sing kumbaya. There's still lots of issues. Um, Of course, you know, apart from this incident, you have the new administration coming in. Um, Democrats in Georgia both won, so Democrats control all three uh, the House, the, the Senate, and the White House, they will control on the, either the 20th. And so um, everybody's waiting to see if things start to move then in terms of coming together. But we don't, we, too soon to say. 
Yeah, and the um, it was kind of also in- interesting how Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, you know, shut the president down there. And you had said back then that you know once this election's over, he's got a podium, he's got a he's got a bullhorn to his followers. What did you think of them doing that? I know there were people who said, well, that's that's kind of a free speech issue and and that kind of thing. What did you think um, about them doing that? In this case, I think it. Uh... I disagree strongly with that. I think it was. I think the uh, attack on the Capitol um, was crossed a clear line of yelling fire in a crowded theater. You know, you you, you don't get to do that. You you just don't get to do that. Um, I was. I was happy to see that uh, Twitter shut him down for uh, at least um, twelve hours, and uh, Facebook and Instagram. I, they're going, you know, for, throughout the rest of his term, however long that lasts. Um, but I think that was that was certainly justified, and, and you can make a strong argument, argument to say it should have been done um, sooner. Um, of course, as we know, the uh, Facebooks and Twitters they did uh, start attaching kind of, you know, content warnings or on on um, his stuff and that of his followers. And so, you know, it's a fine, it's, it's a tricky because obviously you don't want to stop free speech, but in my mind, in terms of the, what happened at the Capitol, um, that was a, you know, yell fire in a crowded theater situation. And they were justified in, you know, taking strong action after that. So it was very interesting to me. We had one woman who was killed by police. She was shot and died. And um, and I was more stunned that more of the marauders weren't gunned down. I mean, I thought that the police and the army um, were fairly acted with some composure to, to not kill people. But um, would that have made them martyrs? Or were you kind of glad that didn't happen? We were all shocked at how easy it was to get in, um, and um, you know they, the Capitol Police were basically the only ones there until they um, other reinforcements arrived. And by that time, it was basically too late. Um, yeah, I was surprised how easily people were able to get in, but I think the situation at that point was that there were there were so many people. They taking a stand would have only escalated it dramatically i mean in the if they had more um you know cops i guess they could have just kind of grabbed a room and forced everybody at gunpoint to go in that room but um they they resisted doing that and to make actual arrests takes a lot of time so they really couldn't do that um the the guns drawn scene that the famous will be an infamous picture you know in the house chamber of the people outside the door breaking the glass and the guys inside with the guns drawn. That's one of the few spots where it came to that, escalated to that level. You know, but in terms of the woman being shot elsewhere in the building, we don't know enough yet about what happened, you know, why that happened. And, you know, we have an officer who died, as you mentioned, one of the Capitol Police officers. And, um, you know, they're getting criticized. Three of the Capitol Police officials resigned and uh, people were saying, hey, this shouldn't happen. And and, but there were so many people, as you said, and they just were overwhelmed. I don't know. And I I guess I wonder, I kind of remember this with Hurricane Katrina, everybody blaming the governor. Well, you didn't do it. I don't know how you stop a natural disaster. 
And, and this was kind of the same case. No one expected this to happen. No one was prepared for this to happen. Do you think that the Capitol Police are, are being, you know, fairly treated in this situation? Yeah, I think so, because they uh, they um, they were plan They were expecting a protest outside. They were not expecting um, people to storm the building. But I think if I was like a Black Lives Matter supporter, I would be very pissed right now because of, you know, the, um, the, the barricades and the show of force put up for some of those street, a lot, most of those street demonstrations in contrast to this, you know, they had a, a, a barricade outside the Capitol building, you know, kind of fencing uh, on the West side where the Washington monument is and also on the East side. Um, and most of the police apparently were on the east side because that's where the doors are going to the chambers. Um, but they didn't, you know, it, that's not enough. You have to have something like that as like just a kind of a tripwire. And then you're supposed to have a big show of force on hand ready in case that doesn't work. Well, that's where they lost it because they didn't have that big show of force. Once that happened, they, they let people in and they tried to, you know, calm it down. So I think they deserve credit for that. But um, I, they should have known what, knowing the big Trump rally was down the street, knowing it's kind of the end game, knowing it's been going on for months at a time. They should have prepared for worse. And, and a buddy of mine was was interesting. He was saying that he was really reassured when he saw the Senate and the House return to order and, and begin functioning again. How important do you think that was to calming you know the American people? Oh my God. I think that that was, that was, they had to do that. They had to do that and they had to do it as fast as they could. And they did to their credit, they did do it as fast as they could. Not, not only calms the American people, um, but it calms the world. I mean, the whole world stopped to watch this is going on because as you said, the Capitol is such a, you know, it's a universal symbol. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that was, there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt they were going to do it as soon as they possibly could and i was very very glad they did yeah because disrupting them would have given you know the the the, the raiders a, a victory i mean they would have been right um kind of um you know buoyed by that um when you watch the speeches on the senate floor and the house floor that night we saw a lot of people like um uh, Graham and, and Mitch McConnell um, all of a sudden saying, hey, enough is enough and, and this kind of thing. But, you know, in Washington, no one does anything without politically calculating the political fallout. And to see those guys cut and run, I mean, Graham was by his Trump side the whole time. Um, and um, even these guys who stood by him, the six who stood by the fraud and then and, and the call for the you know, re-election commission or the election commission, they come from really red states. I mean, red rabbit states. Um, you know, I covered John Kennedy in Baton Rouge and went on the campaign trail with him. And he seemed to be a, a pretty reasonable guy, but he stood pretty strong um, on that Senate floor saying, hey, we want this you know, election and reviewed. And, and that guy has nothing to lose. I mean, he's got a red rabbit state. I think there's, there's only uh, one statewide elected Democrat. And uh, I remember being down there and, and David Vitter was, was running and, 
you know, he had been involved in a prostitution scandal and, and he won after that incident. And I talked to a woman coming out and I said, why did you vote for David Vitter? And she said, because he had an R behind his name. But does that show that there's not a lot of political courage out there, especially with an incident like this, where, you know, you're, you're willing to risk your job be, to do what most people think is the right thing to do? You mean to stop beforehand or after or afterwards? Afterwards, yes, afterwards. Afterwards, they were kind of running for cover. I, I blame them tremendously, um, Connell and the Republicans, for um, during since the election, for allowing this whole false reality to grow and grow and grow. And then, and then in the end, it basically, it, it may um, consume them. We'll see, you know, what, what happened. Um, yeah, but a guy like Ted Cruz and a guy like John Kennedy, they, they can kind of do this without feeling any re retribution um, to, to what they're doing. Um, should they put their political their their future aside for doing what um, some people would think is the right thing to do. My personal opinion in this case, um, after what happened, um, yes, they should. This is this is a big enough deal. Um, and that, on the immediate aftermath, after the they, the debates started up, you could see some of them, uh, you know, walking the things back a little bit, and like I said, walking that tightrope. But then when it came to a vote in Pennsylvania, it was one of the states contested. Um, eight of our, we have nine uh, Republican congressmen, members of Congress, eight of them uh, voted, uh, they stuck, stuck with their guns and, and they voted, um, you know, to contest the votes of their own, their own state in the end. Just one um, was not part of that. And he had not been part of that all along, so he didn't make a change. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about history, and I mentioned Pearl Harbor, and you think about the Depression and World War II. And, you know, back then, Americans were not Republicans or Democrats. You know, we were Americans. But is this an incident that could re kind of unite people um, and, and say, hey, man, this is, uh, this is going too far? I hope so. I hope so. But as a you know, a journalist for almost 40 years, it, it, it pains me tremendously to see that two sets of facts have become the norm. And until that goes away, I don't see people being united. I mean, how do you unite if 70 million people believe one thing and the rest of us believe them believe something else? How do you unite? How do you unite that? Um, that's, that's my, my big concern. You know, Trump is gone, but that that remains so yes and um you were mentioning too and and when we were kind of joking a little bit in that first session where you were saying history is, is interesting to watch but sometimes it's really ugly to experience and i think in uh in this case that was um that was the case yeah yeah i one of my one of the things i did besides watching tv once i got home was to uh, reach out by uh, email or um, to the people I know who were working in the building or reporters who may be assigned there, you know, to make sure everybody was okay. So, and last time I did something like that was 9-11. Yeah. A buddy of mine was in the building. I didn't, I wasn't sure. I knew he worked there. Um, and so that's, this had the same, I had the same reaction for this.
luckily everybody was okay. Right. And, um, yeah, you were saying before that you kind of feared this was going to happen. And, and, um, I, I guess I, I kind of expected protests outside the white house, you know, some fights and, and, and things like that, but never it really rising, um, to this, um, kind of a situation. Do you see more of this happening at all? Um, I hope, I guess no is a short answer because I don't see, um, I see the authorities on the police, you know, on the law enforcement side, um, not taking anything for granted anymore. I, I think they will, they'll have, they'll make sure they have redundancy upon redundancy. Um, you can't, this cannot happen again. And it was kind of interesting because this was almost a perfect storm in the sense that you know, the night before the two Georgian senators, uh, the Democrats are elected to the Georgia Senate. And then the next day he's got this big rally. And it was really uh, amazing to watch him talking to those people because it reminded you of a third world country. It reminded you of, a, of um, you know, a dictatorship or, or something to that effect. And, you know, um, I think you were right when you were saying that this kind of was a world event. I saw Bibi Netanyahu on Israeli TV and, and Johnson over in Great Britain saying, hey, we know that the democracy is going to hold. Um, and that was kind of sad. That was kind of sad to see other people saying, hey, you guys, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when that's when it's a real look in the mirror, you know, forced look in the mirror, uh, hopefully by Americans to realize how this has gotten out, how far this has gone. And I, do you have, do you think this has pretty much ruined the Trump name? I mean, people have talked about him running in uh, twenty twenty four, or maybe his son. Do you think this is pretty much, um, you know, his time is up? Certainly, it feels that way. I don't know if it's me hoping that's what happens, or if that's that's the reality of it. I mean, like I said, you. It, Within hours, um, his own supporters, the people who were just still, you know, outside the Capitol, were saying, "Look, th this is this is nuts. This this went too far." Um, so it should further erode his base support. And then, um, you know, once you leave the White House, you, you lose, you instantly lose. He's already losing authority. Um, it sounds like um, you know, there's lots of talk of uh, there. There was a, well, I guess there's still ongoing talk about. Um, uh, article uh, 25 um, to force him out. Um, that sounds like a long shot, but it's the House Dems seem intent on impeaching him a second time. It would be the only president. Uh, he would be the only president impeached a second time. That's going to have a, That's going to leave a mark, you know, literally and figuratively. So again, in terms of where it goes and his power base, it, you know, I'm, I'm still concerned about this alternative reality. That, that, that has fed this. And, um, and he is certainly a master at whipping people up and, uh, you know, to his credit. But unfortunately this time it, uh, did a lot of damage to, you know, to him, did damage to him and certainly did damage to the country. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy. I, I was talking to another buddy who said that, you know, we had such a horrible year in 2020 with everything going on, the racial tension, the, the election, the COVID and here the, the year is starting off. And he says, you know, the theme in the first week is here, hold my beer, you know, which is you know the beginning <laughs> of fighting words. And, and again, yeah. hoping that, um, that is not the case. That is, that is not the case. Um, yeah. um, 
coming up this year. Well, it almost has to. It almost has to get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> so we got that that's to look great, forward to. <laughs> yeah, she, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. hard to top in terms of of a horrible, uh, horrible situation. Well, it's always great to have you on, my friend. I appreciate you coming back, and um, yeah, I enjoy it. Hopefully, I didn't babble too much this time, but uh, you know. not too, not at all, man. You uh, you bring a lot of uh, insight, and a lot of foresight, and a lot of experience, and especially having worked in that uh, in that wonderful building and, and what it means to us. So thanks again, pal. Sure. No problem. All right. We will be back next week with another edition of the weekly retail politics podcast. Please visit us on Apple podcasts and you can help greatly by writing a review of the show. Please pick up my book, the front row, my jagged journey, recording American history from Reagan to Trump, which Trump, which can tell you all about how we got to this tragic day um, and it's now available on amazon.com i want to thank our executive producer mike gugat and our technical producer extraordinaire brad maybe the wizard of pods and until we meet again next week always remember to read beyond the headlines have a great week <laughs>